Welcome back. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show. I'm your host, Bob Walton Spiel, hanging out with producer, co-host extraordinaire, Randy Walker. Guest this week, one of our old favorites. I mean, she's not old, but she's been on the show many times, so she is a, a favorite of the show. Michelle Gilbert's in the house from Comcast. We used to beat her up really bad, but she's got nothing but good things to say now. And uh, life is good, so we I don't think we're going to be as mean to her as we used to be. But you can uh, find us online, itinthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials. Subscribe to us everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. Don't forget, hit us on meetup.com um, slash itinthed. We're going to be at, um, Randy, where we're going to be at? Nancy Whiskey Nancy in Whiskey. Corktown for the next three months in the summer on the patio. Rain or shine because it's covered. Um, starting July 20th. Starting July 20th. Thank you, Randy. Um, but yeah, we're going to be there for the next three weeks. Then we're going to go back to Urban Rest. Urban Rest is a great venue, but uh, we figured that we'd want to change it up. Go to Detroit, be on the patio. So hope to see you at Nancy Whiskey. Michelle, how you doing? How's, how's life treating you? Life's treating me great. Thank you. So it's good been, to be with you. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Yeah. You know, I always we always have such great conversations. I like to save a few topics up. Uh, so that we have plenty to talk about. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I, I, when you first were on the show, we absolutely we were. We, I don't want to say we were mean to you, but we weren't. You know, we were. We were like we're going to beat you up a bit and then let you talk about the fun stuff. Um, but I, I think every life is good. Other than like, it's the same thing with everything. Is uh, like I wanted to talk about like cord cutting used to be such a hot topic, and now it, I I don't hear about it much. Like, is it? leveled off or people like what like is i know the kids nowadays it's all everything's on demand nobody's really you know what's what's the stats on your end what's usage look like from a you know is everything flattened out you know um it's it's flattened out more than it was in the past when we first started talking and by the way you did not beat me up we had (laughs) a very crunchy conversation we'll call it fair fair Uh, fair yeah but, uh, you know, I think we've learned a lot over the years around what consumers want with their video entertainment. And we see a lot of different types of trends. Um, you know, there are still probably uh, more people leaving than joining, but we've got products, we've got streaming products to meet their needs. Um, in fact, we just launched a new service called Now TV that brings the best of all worlds. It's a streaming service that provides, um, you know, subscription service with free ad supported content. So it kind of brings the best of everything for our customers who are on a budget and, you know, want to be able to get news and sports and movies and TV shows and everything else. I saw that it's 20 bucks a month and I said, well, crap, what's on all day. I've got ESPN on the background all day. Is that, what is the, um, I guess, what's the, uh, what are the channels that are on that? Cause I'm dying to know. Uh, what are the channels that are on it? I don't have, I didn't mean service. to catch off, uh, yeah, off guard. No, that's okay. So let's see if ESPN is in here. So I'm going to start reading. You tell me when to stop. A&E, Afro, AMC, Animal Planet, BBC America, BBC News, Comedy TV, Cooking Crime Investigation Discovery, 
Discovery Life, Food Network, FYI, Great American Family, Great American Living, Get TV, Game Show Network, Hallmark Channel. Hallmark, Hallmark Channel. my wife will be happy. Lots of Hallmarks, HGTV, History Channel. So it's actually regular, like regular, it's almost like basic cable from like 1987. Yeah. I'm not, you know. It's got a lot of the most popular traditional cable channels. It also comes with our Peacock premium service. And then it comes with uh, 20 free ad supported streaming TV channels, which would include NBC News, um, Sky News, uh, Black Cinema, uh, Action Movies. Then a local, the locals too, right? That was the. Yeah, it's got to have the locals too. Absolutely. Okay. For twenty bucks, though, that's not a. It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm just uh, just throwing that out there. I know there's so much. Uh, you know, we've been we've still been a customer now since pretty much we moved in the house, and it's like every time the bill creeps up, I'm like, I'm gonna cancel, and then it never happens, and you know. Um, cause it's, I watch too much stuff. It's, you know what I mean? Every time I know Randy's like, I don't watch TV anymore. I'm like, yes, you do. You watch every show that we talk about, you know, exactly what we're, and then you watch more. Like, I think, oh no, Randy, you finally got me to get Paramount plus, by the way. I hate you. Oh, really? <laughs> well, and I think what, one of the trends that we have seen is that, um, everybody has, nobody can get everything they want with just one service. So they may have a traditional video service like Xfinity, and then they supplement with whether it's a Netflix or a Hulu or something like that. And what we're seeing is a lot of people, um, they hop from one streaming service to another based on what shows they watch and when the next season. They do it to us on purpose. Like all of a sudden this one drops on HBO Max and this one drops on Peacock and this one, you know. Right. They, they know they got us. They they know we're hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. We're all bought in. Because um, because you don't want to be the – it's the FOMO thing. You don't want somebody to go, oh, my God, did you see Extraction 2? And they go, I don't have Netflix. Oh, my God, you don't have Netflix? And it's this huge conversation. It's almost like you're a leper now if you don't have you – know, Randy looked at me like a leper and I didn't have Paramount Plus. And I'm like, I don't like Star Trek, Randy. Um, but, it was, you have, but you have it now and you like I it? I have it now. There was some um, – I wanted to watch Tulsa King. My buddy was in the show, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just get it. And then now I found a bunch of stuff I like, and now I kept it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So well. one of the crazy things going on right now, especially, in, like, we all think sitting here in our little pulpits and our little with our little smartphones, we think, oh, everybody's got internet. And it's so far from the truth. And, like, we just, uh, how much was it? Was it $42 billion the government just allocated for uh, for infrastructure spend is that was I did I read that right? You did read that right. So this is the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, that has been worked on, and the uh, Biden Harris administration came out with a press release just today announcing the allocations: forty two point four five billion dollars that is going to be invested uh, to bring high speed internet to every single home and business that doesn't currently have it see now where doesn't have it now randy your parents your folks are up north and you you kind of scoffed when we talked about this like they don't have like what are their options up there is it just HughesNet? uh yeah they get satellite um even cellular signal doesn't reach them particularly well so that's not really an option 
because I know like up north there's the farmer telcos, but that's only you know twenty of them in twenty different counties. But there's you know Michigan's a lot bigger than that. Where is this? Is now this is for every? This is literally going to blanket Michigan. Well, this is not just about Michigan. This is really about all fifty states. Washington, we just care about Michigan today. In the five territories. All right. Well, we only care about Michigan. Just want to make sure you understand that Michigan is not getting forty-two billion. <laughs> that is going to be divided across the country and the territories. Idaho doesn't need internet. There's only fourteen people there. But but to to the point that you were making, it's like well, we live in we all live in southeastern Michigan, so we're like, well, what do you mean there's not internet? Like there's internet all around us. I mean, the truth of the matter is there are actually pockets within what we would consider to be southeastern Michigan that haven't had internet. Um, Comcast just did a very small build in a part of Washtenaw County. Uh, it was through the state of Michigan's Connecting Michigan uh, grant program. And we're only reaching 200 households. Uh, but these were 200 households that didn't have internet before. God, that's uh, crazy to me. That's absolutely I mean, crazy to me. I know. Uh, similar in Grattan Township, which is out on the west side of the state. It's probably about a half hour from Grand Rapids. Similar scenario. Never had high-speed internet before. So again, a partnership with the state of Michigan. We were a, we're now able to serve the people in that community. But, you know, you're, most of the, I, I'm going to assume, you know, we've got large swaths of land in the Upper Peninsula that don't have high-speed internet. So I think, you know, it's certainly up to the state of Michigan and they are going to have about 180 days to put together their proposal and submit it to the federal government in terms of how they're going to um, take, you know, accept grants. But it's really going to be up to them to determine where the money is spent. Now, what about, Randy, do you know better for like 5G, like when you go up north, like in the thumb? I've never really checked or looked. Um, is that even a thing up north or is that are they not served there either? There are some areas of 5G, but like uh, where my parents are in Gladwin County, they signals pretty weak outside of town. And sometimes even in town, there's just not enough capacity. For but that's West Branch. That's actually, that's isn't that like a normal, I would consider that like a regular sized yeah. city. Uh, it's between Midland and West Branch. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So what can we, I guess when we're done, what can we expect? Uh, is you're, you're hitting every, because I know like even in Detroit, there was pockets that were, were not serviced now. And I guess who owns it from an infrastructure? Is it, is it fiber? Is it coax? Is it, uh, is it a mixture? Uh, like who's going to, who's getting the, you know, who's getting to put all the uh, infrastructure in? So, so I would argue that Detroit is fully covered. Okay. Um, I, you know, there may be pockets where they only have one or two competitors, but I know I can tell you without a doubt that we Comcast provides service across the entire city of Detroit. Um, in terms of the process and who's going to own it, it's it's most likely it's going to be a grant process. So the state will probably, and the state of Michigan has already done this with other dollars that they've received, um, but they put it out for bid, and then internet providers like Comcast and others can bid on the projects. Um, and typically the way it goes is who's going to provide the biggest bang for the buck. 
And, uh, you know, it'll be a bidding process. And then typically there's a challenge process to make sure that the area that a company says they're going to build to is, in fact, unserved or underserved. And so that challenge process is a really important process because it makes sure that the dollars are really being allocated where they should be going. See, now I remember, you know, 2006, fiber to the home was all the rage. I remember when we moved in our house, this was 2008, you know, oh my God, fiber to the home. And I haven't heard much about it, if anything. Is it because it got too expensive to go end to end and fiber to the curb was cheaper than the last, you know, doing the last mile and other methods? Or I would like literally, we haven't heard about it. All we hear about is, you know, the 5G cubes in the house. And, you know, then I hear that they're awful. You know what I mean? So, like, what is, uh, what happened to fiber to the home? Well, so I can tell you that when we build to new areas, there we are building fiber to the home. When we are building a new plant extension, very often we are building fiber to the home. Um, but there's no reason why we need to rebuild our network because we are making advancements to our network through software and other technologies that's more than providing more speed than our customers need. Well, the fact um, that Nuri can get a gig to his house in Bloomfield Hills, it just, you know, I, I think I'm at 600 something, six or 800, I think I have to my house, you know. And we're actually in the process of doing additional upgrades where soon we're going, probably within the next year, we'll be able to provide um, two gigs to the house, as well as five times to 10 times faster upload speeds. Um, we're already offering it in West Michigan, and uh, Detroit will probably be lit up sometime within the next year or so. And then eventually, we are going to be able to provide uh, symmetrical up and down speeds on our existing network. So we've got... Um, through the technology that we already have, it's it makes it a lot more cost effective, and you know that way it's it's better for our customers, and we don't have to dig up their yards. Is that for like the hardest? I can't imagine like two gig. Is that for the hardest of the hardcore gamers? Because I'm just looking at like we're a heavy usage house, and we, right. we're fine. You know. Well, and that that's exactly the point. You know, speed is only one part of reliability. And so we look very holistically when we're talking about where we make investments. Yes, we are making investments in speed. And you have to look no further than a couple of years ago during the pandemic. Our network stood up to all of the heavy usage that our customers relied on us for. And other than a, you know, a few blips here and there because of power outages or storms or this and that, oh, can you guys hear me? Speaking of power outage. Speaking yeah. of power outage, there you go. Um, that was kind of strange, wasn't it? Ours went out yesterday. Ours flickered a couple of times. Yeah. That was crazy timing. Anyway, you know, our, our network stood up during COVID and the heavy usage that we saw throughout the pandemic. So when we look at reliability, we're not just looking at getting faster speeds because to your point, Bob, right now, customers have as much more than enough speed than they need. Now we're continuing. The reason we're doing these advancements is because we know what the future holds. So we always want to stay ahead of what our customers need. 
but we're also looking at other things like reducing latency. Um, we're looking at introducing later this summer a um, a Wi-Fi ready now product so that when you do lose power, like I just did for a second, you have a backup system in your house that will provide you with battery backup for say four hours or so. It's not a long-term solution, but it's enough to let you save what you need to save. And the vast majority, I know it doesn't seem like it in Metro Detroit because of all the news we hear, but the vast majority of power outages do not last more than four hours. No, I know that. And um, what was that? I was totally going to uh, totally gonna say something about the... Uh, the speed thing. I totally lost my train of thought because I was thinking about oh, the power. Sorry. No, I was thinking about the power outages and like everything that we have to go through and all that. But no, it's uh that's fantastic. Oh, you know what I was gonna say is 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 we as consumers are thick more fickle now. I remember, you know, obviously I could tell old stories when I was a kid where, you know, I you know, my dad would yell at me to turn the antenna to the left a little bit. Um, and now if like if it flickers on the screen, we're screaming bloody hell, or if it stops and loads, we're like our absolute, you know, we're we're so spoiled as consumers now because we've been so used to this. Uh, you know, if they only, I, you know, if they only grew up in the dial-up like I did. You know, then they appreciate right where where you used to dial up and then you'd go and get your coffee and maybe do something else so that hopefully it was up and running when you came back. Yeah, well, my first dial-up was a 300 baud modem, so it was like load up the BBS and then it was wait for two hours for it to not that long, but you know what I mean. So yeah, right. but we're we are absolutely spoiled. Uh, spoiled. So talk to me about you got. I always like when you guys do cool stuff for the community, and you you got a program called Rise, and yeah. you're giving out basically grants and mm-hmm. some resources to like businesses that got hammered by. Uh, COVID that actually still stayed in business. Um, right. What's the criteria to get looked at for that grant? Sure. Um, so the criteria, primarily we're looking for small businesses that have been in business for a minimum of three years. Uh, they have to have uh, between one and I believe it's a hundred employees. Um they have to be located in Wayne, Washtenaw, Oakland, and Macomb counties. Okay. And we'll be giving away 100 grant packages. Um, historically, and the Comcast Rise program has been around for a couple of years. This year, we're doing something new. And I like to say we've taken the best of the Comcast Rise program and we've bundled it into this one big package. Um, so each grant awardee will receive a $5,000 monetary grant. They'll receive education resources, uh, business consultation services, and then they're going to receive in-kind grant support in the form of creative production. So we're going to help them produce a commercial, um, provide them with the media, so the actual commercial time. And then my favorite, a Comcast business technology makeover. I love the technology makeover because if you think about a small business, let's say a restaurant, you know, that restaurant owner probably knows how to put together a great menu. They know how to manage staff. They know how to get people in and out efficiently, but maybe they're not as tech savvy as you guys are. 
So how do they stay on top of cybersecurity threats, right? You guys know better than anybody that uh, cyber criminals are targeting small businesses as much as they are the enterprise size, size businesses. So these businesses need to be protected. And so um, what this technology makeover does is it not only gives them all the equipment that they need, but all of the internet and cybersecurity services for an entire year. And it's really providing them with resources that they may not necessarily be experts in. And I think that that is just as important as the monetary grant. So how do they, and I'm thinking restaurants now that you brought it up, but like I'm, we, we talked a lot about this during COVID, like a lot of restaurants, some of the ones that got on top of it, like tripled their business during COVID. And some of them, some of them that were experience-based or, or, you know, floundered and and path. How do you, and I know this not, we're not talking just restaurants during the pandemic, but like everybody, but how do you, what do you have to prove? I guess when you say business that were hardest hit, like, what do you like? Well, so, so the, this year, the program has taken a little bit of a different shift. Whereas in the past couple of years, we really were targeting businesses that were the hardest hit. And in the first year, um, it really was businesses owned by people of color. Um, all of the data showed that those businesses struggled the most. The second year, we expanded the program to include women-owned businesses. And we the reason we were trying to help more women-owned businesses is because Uh, The data showed that women business owners, first of all, a lot of them during the pandemic um, were not considered essential services. So think about your beauty shops, your nail salons. Those were not essential services. So those podcast studios, podcast studios. Yep. Yep. So um, and then the other issue with women owned businesses is, believe it or not, um, they are less inclined to get. Uh, loans, even though they're more inclined to pay them back. So for the third year of the program, which is this year, we opened it up to all small businesses. And it's really about uh, helping them thrive and recover now versus that they're still dealing with the pandemic. It's really about helping them as they move forward. And uh, so, you know, there's the time frame uh, you can still apply through June 30th. And the application process is not super long. They also want to see that you're doing something good in the community. What if what if they're they've been gone for a couple of years or been like COVID killed them, um, and they want to jumpstart it back because they think that the market's ready for it again? Um, I believe they would have to be back in business for a couple of years. Okay, all right. I wasn't sure what the criteria was. I was just asking because yeah. again, I know you know. Not only not only Randy and I got hit by it, but you know a lot of people that we know and a lot of restaurant owners, a lot a lot of friends, and you know, uh, you know, some of us came back, some of us didn't. You know, right, right, yes. No, it's a great program, and um, you know, I Comcast is a company that's always been committed to helping small businesses. Um, this is one way in which we do so, but there are so many other ways that we. We provide resources to small businesses. And um, I will tell you, believe it or not, it was 60 years ago this year that Comcast itself started as a small business. And I think that the company has really never forgotten its roots, even though right now it's a pretty darn big company. But um, 
they they still are committed to uh, staying close to small businesses and and supporting them. You guys in uh, Ameritech, I think that's when uh, that's when it all started. Isn't that what it, that was pre Verizon? I think the first iteration was Ameritech, if I'm not mistaken. I actually, I do remember Michigan Bell. That was my parents' first. Uh, Michigan Bell. Yeah. And wasn't it AT&T? I don't remember. Yeah. I yeah. Remember, I remember when we were 810 in Macomb County, and then we got the 586, and it messed my world up. I remember when my area code was 313. Oh. oh. And I've always lived in Oakland County. Is that, didn't, uh, the guy that ran the commercial that still did the, he still did his phone number from the 1950s. Randy, do you remember him? It was like Tyler 87100. We do good work. And I'm like, that number hasn't been, they haven't done those numbers since like the 40s or 50s. And the guy's still barking it in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Wasn't there a Seinfeld episode when they introduced a new area code in New York and nobody wanted the new area code? I don't blame him. Didn't, what happened to the one in Detroit? Wasn't there one? Did that happen? I think Google Voice, I think, screwed everyone up because we all have a, uh, a a fake number for spam and stuff that we all use for Google Voice. And I think that's what got rid of all the numbers. It's all my fault. <laughs> um, so what else is going on? Are you guys still doing my favorite program to help out the, the kids on the free lunch? Internet Essentials. Yes. Yep. yep we sure are. Uh, we still have our Internet Essentials program. Um, and it, you know, helps... Um, any family that is at or below the poverty level. Um, it's a wonderful program. We're getting, believe it or not, we're getting close to back to school season. And, uh, you just know, stop, as talking, we know, stop talking, right? I just, we're not getting, we, back. we still got two months. <laughs> I got three kids. <laughs> Let me have this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a great program. We still offer it. And then, with the affordable connectivity program, which is a $30 a month credit to anybody who qualifies, as long as they're at or below the poverty level and getting some kind of federal assistance, that really can make internet service free. Is this the, Oh, is it really? I thought it was, it was a 10 bucks before, right? Well, so think of it this way. Um, yes, the program is $10. If you get the $30 credit, then you and you're only on the ten dollar a month program. You've actually got twenty dollars that you could put towards your Xfinity mobile bill. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, that's not awful. No, not that's awful great. at all. It's pretty darn good. And I think you guys got the .dot com finally, didn't you? Because it was .dot net forever. Uh oh, for Internet Essentials. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is .dot it is .dot com Internet Essentials .dot com. Yeah. Took long enough. I remember like for probably five years you guys were dot net. I'm like, who's got a dot net these days? <laughs> no, this is this has been fantastic, Michelle. It's always great catching up with you. Um and we're gonna we'll cut you loose. We appreciate the cool info and uh glad things are kinda, you know, it's it's like I said, we I'm in the business and we it, it, you don't get to talk about this much. So I always like getting updated on on what's going on and kind of the, the stuff that's going on around us. So appreciate well, you coming on and spending time with us. Well, thanks for having me. It's always great to be with you and don't ever hesitate to reach out to me for anything. 
Absolutely. No, I appreciate that much. Uh, that's good. Michelle Gilbert. She's the VP of PR for uh, Comcast. We always love having her on. Uh, we're going to end this episode 459 here of the IT and the D show on behalf of Bob and Randy. Do us all a favor. Drink your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. <laughs>